Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. In today's gospel, it's one of those stories that you can't help but smile while listening to. It's a story that we're all familiar with, and it's important that we revisit this story from time to time, as this particular story gives us restoration in a snapshot. Restoration, the idea and, and the notion of what restoration is in one snapshot. A complete picture of how to be restored in our lives, and all of this in 10 short verses. We start by hearing that our Lord Jesus Christ entered and passed through Jericho. And of course, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was rich. He really wanted to see who Jesus was, but he couldn't because of the crowd. And he was also very short. And he sees a tree up ahead on the path where Jesus is walking. And he decides to climb this tree in order for him to see Jesus and to understand who Jesus was. So Jesus sees him and says, what, Zacchaeus, come down today, I must come to your house. And on the way there, Zacchaeus gives a little confession, and Jesus says, today salvation has come to this house, has come to your house. For the Son of Man comes to seek and to save that which is lost. So let's dive in and see what God is telling us today through our friend Zacchaeus, the tree climber. First we read that the Lord entered and passed through Jericho. Now Jericho, if you study the scriptures, was notorious for being a place of iniquity. It was a place commonly associated with sinful living. And even if we go back to chapter 10 in Luke verse 30, we hear our Lord starting the parable of the Good Samaritan by telling us a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and on the way there fell among thieves. So Jericho here represents sin and it represents in our case where we may be stuck where we may be stuck. We know that Zacchaeus sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd and because he was of short stature. We too are often stuck in our own version of Jericho. We often want to know who Jesus is. We want to know God. We want to get close to God. We want to feel Him in our lives. We know who He is, but we want to know Him personally. And this is exactly what Zacchaeus wanted. We can imagine Zacchaeus hearing the stories of our Lord. He hears that the blind receive sight. The lame are now walking. There's this guy named Jesus. There's so much going on around him. I want to know who he is. But there's a barrier. And we often too, yes, we are Christians, and yes, we are in church, and yes, we believe in God. But there's a barrier. There's a crowd. And sometimes we're short. The crowd here is what we surround ourselves with the sins that we hold on to, the pride and ego that we hold on to, the habits that we don't want to let go of. And being short on faith, we cannot see God. We cannot see who Jesus is and we cannot know Him. So like Zacchaeus, we must climb the tree of repentance and prayer and leave our baggage at the base of the tree for God to see us and call us down and to come into our house and to come into our lives. And if you notice, when you read the story, 
Zacchaeus wanted to see who Jesus was and so climbed the tree. And the next verse wasn't that he saw Jesus. It was who saw who? Jesus saw him. Jesus saw him. So when we leave our baggage at the base of the tree and when we climb the tree, it is Jesus who sees us. And this shows us that God is always seeking us. He's always looking for us. He's always passing through our Jericho, waiting to see if we're going to ascend above this crowd that we surround ourselves with. We must leave our earthly attachments in order to be able to climb, right? Because how can I climb if I'm holding on to my stuff, right? We have to climb. So we're told quite a bit about him. We're told that he's what? He's a tax collector and he's rich. He's rich. Why is that detail in there? Why did we need to know that? Not that he, how many kids he had or what he did or what he didn't do or where he went, no. This is Zacchaeus, he climbed the tree, he was rich. Why did we need to know that? Out of all the details of this man's life, why did we need to know that specific detail? Why? Because this is chapter 19. And if you go back one chapter to chapter 18, we find something quite remarkable. We find the encounter between who? Christ and who? Anyone know? Christ and the rich young ruler. Literally the chapter right before this one. The rich young ruler. And this rich young ruler goes to Christ and says, What may I do that I may inherit eternal life? I do everything. I, uh, I pray, I fast, I take care of my parents. Uh, I do everything. I'm great. I'm good. What else do I got to do? And God is looking at him and saying, one thing you lack, one big thing, one crowd that you're surrounding yourself with that you need to ascend past. Go and sell everything that you have, give to the poor, and come and follow me, and you will have treasure in heaven. And what did he do? He was so upset. He was so upset about this, right? He went away so upset because he had many possessions. And of this, the Lord said what? How hard it is for those who love riches to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for the camel to go through the eye of the needle than for a rich person to go to heaven. So the people cried out and said, okay, well, who can be saved then? Who then can be saved? What can we do? What does Christ say? What does Christ say? Hmm? We should know this. What is impossible with man is possible with God. And we see this manifest today in Zacchaeus. We see a very, very rich man whom God said, salvation has come to your house. So what people were complaining about and saying, well, you know, how can we be saved if we're rich? God made manifest here today. And usually when we hear this, we kind of separate ourselves from those who are rich. And we say, oh, those guys were super rich. We're, we're just, we're normal. But actually, do you know what is considered to be rich in the world? Not just in this country, but in the world. A citizen of the world, what is considered to be rich? If you make more than $31,000 a year. If you make more than $31,000 a year, you are rich. In world standards. I believe we are all rich, yes? So this story is for every single one of us. If you make $31,000, you are considered rich given the world economy, the entire world, not just this country. Okay? So God answered and said, the things that are impossible with men are possible with God. 
And here with Zacchaeus, in the very next chapter, we see this manifested. He left everything and his love of earthly, of the earthly, and he climbed. He climbed this tree. But more importantly, on the inside, he climbed the tree of repentance. And we too must leave the love of the earth. Again, there's nothing wrong with having money, nothing wrong with being rich, nothing wrong with having nice things and the latest car and the latest phone, nothing wrong with that. But it's the love of those things that hinder us from approaching God. There's only one throne in the heart, it's either Christ or anything else. And for this rich young ruler, it was the riches that were sitting on the throne of his heart. And you notice, Zacchaeus even leaves his dignity. It wasn't common practice for grown men to go climbing trees. This wasn't a common practice. He left his dignity. He didn't even care what anyone was going to say. He was going to stop at nothing to see Jesus. Just like the four friends stopped at nothing to bring their friends in front of Christ by removing the roof, they had faith. So he who was short in stature grew in faith. He wasn't short on faith anymore. Jesus then tells Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today, I must stay at your house. And on the way there, as we mentioned, he confesses. He gives half of his goods to the poor. Lord, I give half my goods to the poor. And if I take anything from anyone wrongfully, I restore it fourfold. And this is actually a very, very big deal when you think about it. Can you imagine right now, just to put this into perspective, right now if you were to log into your bank account and literally give 50% away, you have 100,000, 50,000 is gone. You have 10,000, 5,000 is gone. Right now, I give half my goods to the poor. This is, you know, we want to open up our eyes to see who here, if wrongly, wrongfully took from his brother 25,000, will return 100,000, fourfold, hmm, to restore. Who here is willing to give up money where we don't know where the money's coming from next? Here, half of it, I'm giving it to the poor, I'm giving it to the church. And this is the kind of relinquishing of the love of money that this man did. He was so in love with money, and this tells us that the money that he got, that he restores fourfold, he got it how? He got it in a sinful manner, right? So who here is able to do this? Those who with the power of God and the help of God wish to climb the tree to see Jesus. And this is why we also hear that he was a son of Abraham. Why was that mentioned? They were all sons of Abraham, were they not? Why is this mentioned? Because Abraham was known for his what? His hospitality, right? His generosity, his love. And this is why also Abraham is mentioned in the parable of Lazarus and the rich man, to show the stark distance between the generosity and humility of Abraham and the hard-heartedness of the rich man. If we love riches, we risk having this hard-heartedness. One of the quotes from one of the Russian Orthodox fathers says, notice the way Saint Zacchaeus confessed his sin. He did not say, Lord, I am a sinful man or avarice is my sickness. No, but showing the fruits of repentance, the fruits of climbing this tree, he thus confessed his sin and his sickness. Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. Is it not clear confession that riches are his passion? And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. Is it not then clear confession that his riches were acquired in a sinful manner? He did not before this say to the Lord, I am a sinful man and repent. He confessed silently to the Lord in his heart. And the Lord silently received his confession and repentance. It is more important to the Lord that a man acknowledges 
his sin and confession and confesses and cries for help in his heart rather than with his tongue. For the tongue is capable of deception, but the heart is not. We know when we come to confess to Abuna, there is a step before this that we have to do. We have to climb this tree of repentance. We have to sit with ourselves and say, how did I acquire these riches? I have to restore. What is my sickness? Is it, rich? Is it the love of money? Is it the love of myself? Is it pride? I must climb this tree. So if the love of money is the crowd that keeps us from seeing Jesus, we must leave our earthly tether. Leave the love of the earthly and climb as Zacchaeus climbed. What if it's pride? What if it's lust? What if it's anger? Even if it's not sin in particular, but what if it's a state of despair or a state of depression? I can't find a job. I can't find a wife. I can't find a husband. I'm having friendship issues. I'm having marital issues. I'm... Holding grudges, I have a problem with grudges. I'm holding grudges, I can't find joy, I can't find peace. What must I do? We must climb the tree, because all of these things are surrounding us like the crowd, and they are above us and we are short. And unless we climb, Jesus Christ is always passing by our Jericho, no matter what our Jericho is. If our Jericho is whatever sin, the pride, the lust, the grudges, anger, no matter what. Christ is always passing through our Jericho. And He's always waiting for us to climb above the crowd of whatever is hindering us from seeing Him. And when we see Him, He will see us first. And He will say, come down, today I must, I must go to your house. And salvation will come to our house. And He will find that which is lost. And this is why we hear this in Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. And St. Cyril of Alexandria says, For no other way can a man see Christ and believe in him except by mounting up into the sycamore tree, by rendering foolish his members, by which are upon the earth fornication, uncleanliness, pride, and the like. May God give us the courage and strength to see above the crowd to see Him passing through our Jericho, to climb the tree free of anything that is hindering us so that we may see Him and that He may see us and come into our house and save that which is lost. And glory be to God forever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you but will also transform you and your life with Christ.